Good morning. Welcome to With God at Dawn. The gift of pardon is part of God's covenant of grace. Nehemiah nine seventeen. Thou art a God ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and forsookest them not. Justice demands that sin be not merely pardoned, but the death penalty must be executed. God in the gift of his only begotten Son met both these requirements. By dying in man's stead, Christ exhausted the penalty and provided a pardon. God requires that we confess our sins and humble our hearts before him. But at the same time, we should have confidence in him as a tender father who will not forsake those who put their trust in him. God does not give us up because of our sins. We may make mistakes and grieve his spirit, but when we repent and come to him with contrite hearts, he will not turn us away. There are hindrances to be removed. Wrong feelings have been cherished. There's been pride, self-sufficiency, impatience, murmuring. All these separate us from God. Sins must be confessed. There must be a deeper work of grace in the heart. We must learn in the school of Christ. Nothing but his righteousness can entitle us to one of the blessings of the covenant of grace. We look to self as though we had power to save ourselves. But Jesus died for us because we are helpless to do this. In him is our hope, our justification, our righteousness. Jesus is our only Savior, and although millions who need to be healed will reject his offered mercy, not one who trusts in his merits will be left to perish. You may see that you are sinful and undone, but it is just on this account that you need a Savior. If you have sins to confess, lose no time. These moments are golden. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9 Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled, for Jesus has promised it, precious Savior. His arms are open to receive us, and his great heart of love is waiting to bless you and me. You know, if God did not intend to forgive us and pardon us, he would never have created us in the first place because he knew who was going to fall, and he knew what it would cost him to restore us. All, the, all I can think is that the love he has for us is so mighty that to have us with him, he would pay any price required. Let that sink in for a minute. That he would pay any price required to have us with him instead of just not creating us, but he knew he what we would do. You can see that dynamic is played out in a small scale and many young married couples experience as they are trying to have children because for some health reason they're just unable to conceive and often they are willing to go to almost any extreme to have a baby up to and including surrogate mothers, adoption, as a last resort some become foster parents we are wanted. God gave us life. He paid the price 
to the death of his son to adopt us into his own family. The price paid is enough to free every single person ever born. We just need to receive it and surrender to his plan to be sons and daughters of God. You know what, there's more to pardon than just simply forgiving. It also includes restoration. If all he was going to do was forgive us, I'm not sure he would have created us if, if we couldn't do anything about the sin problem. Because sin is a problem. Look at the suffering it causes. There are many stories on YouTube of parents who struggled to conceive, and then when their child was born, was born with a severe handicap. I've watched many of them myself, and they're just tearjerkers. There are just many of these heartbreaking videos and the parents, they could put the child in, in an institution, but usually they keep the child, bring it home, and love it and give it the best life that it can possibly have, even though it's a daily struggle with them to meet the needs of this child financially and physically, and they get exhausted, but they do love these children. We are born severely handicapped. I mean, there are so many kinds of health issues, we cannot list them all. God has promised us in Joel 2, 23-25, Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you rain, the former rain and the latter rain, in the first months. The floors shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. Boy, that promise is full and rich and speaks to us of restoration and abundance. If you take the time to read the rest of, or maybe even the whole book of Joel, it has so much um, information in it that goes with revelation. And the promises in it are really wonderful. It tells, if you rest of this chapter... You'll see the promise of the prophetic gift to God's people in the last days. This is the rain he spoke of in the verse we read. We expect a latter rain, an outpouring of God's Spirit that's abundant, such as on the day of Pentecost. Verse 23 of Joel 2 called us children of Zion. In chapter 3, verse 21 says, Zion is where the Lord dwells, so we are his children. Hallelujah. He gave us life. He paid the price. He will carry. He will restore us to our primeval glory. We will grow up as calves of the stall. That's Malachi 4.2. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we know that we as children, we, we are just not what Adam and Eve were. We're fallen so far from that standard of righteousness and strength and beauty. We pray, Lord, for restoration of our heart and mind, I and these who are here with me. Whatever's going on in their life, Lord, I give it to you. Ask you that you give them whatever it is your desire that they have today. Help us to trust in you and lean on you, knowing you can restore the years the locusts have eaten. Everything in our life that's sad and grievous, you can restore, and you will. We're going to give it to you now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, brother and sister. See you in the morning.